From Militia Hall on the campus of the National Guard Professional Education Center, this is the Leadership Minutes. Our guest for today's podcast is Chaplain Colonel Larry Bazer, Deputy Director of the National Guard Bureau's Office of Chaplains. I'm Sergeant First Class Jim Houston. Hosting today's podcast is the Commander of the Professional Education Center, Colonel Leland Blanchard. Welcome to our podcast from the Professional Education Center. I'm the host, the 17th Commander of the Professional Education Center, Colonel Leland Blanchard. While we have a variety of topics that we cover, uh, we tend to focus on leadership and how to improve our organizations and more specifically, how to get after helping our soldiers and civilians improve and, be, and reach their highest potential. Today, we're honored to have Chaplain Larry Baser with us. Chaplain Baser is the Deputy Director of the National Guard Bureau's Office of Chaplains, as well as dual-hatted uh, as the Senior uh, Army Guard Chaplain. Thank you very much for joining us. We're happy to have you with us. And uh, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Colonel Blanchard, for the opportunity to be here, to be with your incredible staff, especially your chaplain staff. It's a real honor for me and uh, my Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Quartz, to come out here and to see PAC. I have to say one part, I've always sort of been the participant, sort of like, OK, I'm here. But to see really from the ground up, is amazing. So uh, awesome. I really want to commend you and your entire team for what you're doing here for our National Guard. It's really great. Thank you. So uh, it, it's really been wonderful to be here. Uh, so I am this dual-headed position. I am the Deputy Director for the Joint Chaplain's Office, which means that our office then fits under uh, the Chief of the National Guard Bureau, General Hokinson's sort of uh, staff. There we oversee uh, uh, domestic operations events and uh, state partnership program and policy for the National Guard Bureau. So we sort of coordinate and collaborate with all our Title X COCOM worlds and help bring that, what's going on, or for emergencies to the 54. Uh, that's my joint hat. On the Army side of the house, it's all the sort of the, the liaison level between the Army Chief of Chaplains, bringing that to all our Army chaplains and religious affairs specialists across the 54, uh, and relating that and working with the director of the Army National Guard. So it's I get to sort of see all the stuff and even work with, and it's actually been exciting, with our Air National Guard on that level as we provide sure. religious ministry for the National Guard. Well, that's interesting. So you're really from policy all the way to practice, if you will, at all echelons and all levels. Exactly. And sometimes it will be in the course of 15-minute conversations. So uh, that's tough. Other than that, I'm a Massachusetts Guardsman. Uh, I started off in the New York Army National Guard and then on to uh, the Massachusetts National Guard, where I was state chaplain for many, many years until I came up to National Guard Bureau. Uh, the weird thing I always say, and it's all about experiential uh, events, uh, on September 11th, 2001, uh, I was with the New York Guard and was called up and at Ground Zero, on Ground Zero. Wow. Uh, at, on day one of, of uh, the attack on the World Trade Center. Later on, when I was state chaplain, I was the state chaplain for the marathon bombing. So seeing domestic oh, wow. operations, seeing what it means to be guardsmen um, has been a, a humbling uh, experience that has really shaped who I am. So that's interesting. So 9-11 and then, of course, the uh, the marathon bombing. So you that, that offers you some unique insights. So I think 
you know, one of the things that we often talk about is we tend to focus on the stuff that's going to happen somewhere else, mm -hmm. right? And, and a lot of times we talk about leadership maybe overseas or in combat. Uh, but one of those challenges is as a chaplain, all of a sudden you're faced with, it's not somebody else. We're, we're on site. These are our fellow citizens. These are our fellow Americans. And so there's that, that duality that that person that's out there responding is also a citizen. So they're, they're kind of doubly impacted. And, and what was your experience, that role as the chaplain and just engaging because it's also your fellow citizens that in that moment. So how do you, how did you kind of balance that between, hey, I've got a job to do, but this is my community as well? Right. So it is actually a great question. I think one of the things that's unique about our chaplain corps, um, most National Guard chaplains uh, are also civilian clergy. So they're very much in the community. Yeah. They're working with their people. And then as I say, at some point they're stepping off the pulpit, they're working a hospital chaplaincy, uh, teaching, step into a phone booth and out pops a National Guard yeah. Army chaplain. And that role of being able to do that. So we're really the ones, we serve those who serve. And it is a part that I think because we're in both worlds, we're able, we're able to understand and, and not just sympathize, but empathize to walk with our service members who are going through these challenges of both being civilian and being soldier. Yeah. Um, and to give them strength to be able to be the ones that are able to listen to them. So it's important that I think units have a chaplain, that they understand who their chaplains are. It helps the senior leaders, both for the officer and the NCOs, to know that who their chaplain is. How can they utilize their chaplain to, you know, we used to say we're always the force multiplier, right. which is great in a, in a combat type thing. But I'm going to say we're the, we're the human multiplier that allows them to accomplish their missions, to keep people ready and trained, and to be there for their troops no matter what, for good times or in times of tragedy, to be able to walk with them to hear them and to share that experience. So, so talk a little bit about that. So, so you're out there in the organization and you're, you're not just to, to fellow chaplains, but to maybe those uh, commanders, those, even those junior soldiers, talk a little bit about the role of, of what the chaplain does, because as we've talked a little bit about, uh, it's not just during drill weekend. It's not just during AT. Talk a little bit about how commanders can leverage and soldiers really can leverage our right. chaplains and then some of those, those things that maybe we aren't thinking about that you're doing. So it, it, I'm going to say it's a two-way street. Hopefully commanders, and let's say if we really start where the first chaplain is going to, a chaplain is going to have his or her experience in the guard. They're coming on board with a religious affairs specialist. So it's probably someone who is uh, newly enlisted. It's going to be at that battalion level. Right. So hopefully... They're the battalion commander and the senior NCO will say, okay, I have a chaplain on board now, a religious support team, let me get to know them. It's also the flip. Right. A good UMT will also be able to reach out in both lanes that they're there in that personal staff. I think that's one of the keys. They're not on, they're not a G staff type person. They're not, they're not working the supply office. They're in this, this personal staff that you know that you can count on that is also going to be the air. So uh, 
Hopefully that starts. Uh, one of the things we talked about, and I actually been thinking a lot about it, it's also for that, you know, S1, S2, I was actually using G, but S1, S2 staff, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the first sergeant who's going to say, okay, let me get to know these folks so I know what they can really do That's right. at the lieutenant level, at the captain level. So hopefully they know, and hopefully the experience is always good with chaplains and religious affairs specialists, but let's, we'll go for the good, that they are. Then when they become the leader, their first real true command where they have the whole forces arrayed before them, when issues come up, they can do that. Or, and I always tell this to chaplains, the chaplain's the one person who can go to a commander and say, hey, sir, ma'am, how are you doing? And the difference is, we're not asking for a piece of you. One thing I observed is that, and, and it's what the job is entailed. Hey, I need this from you, sir. I need this from you, ma'am. Uh, this is a big thing. We need your guidance and decision. The chaplain can step in and say, hey, you look like it was a beat up day today. What's, how are things? That is the human multiplier that I believe helps keep, can keep commanders grounded and shows the worth. One of the other parts I will say that makes a difference for chaplains and for uh, religious affairs specialists is that they're also doing the importance of their staff work. They're not just sort of the pastoral counselor and, and either performing or providing religious services. They're there to also be the staff officer, which means, and when, you know, the, you know doing the ruck march with the troops, being at the staff, the battle staff meeting, um, taking part as an active participant. Because what it shows down the road is, hey, I can really count on this person. They, they've seen me at my good, and now when I need them because I'm not so good, this is a person I can count on. That's just for me. The last bit, and I think this is most special for chaplains. Um, so I'm sort of unique. I am the senior ranking Jewish chaplain for the uh, National Guard. Uh, I'm also actually, because I've been around a very long time, I'm actually a senior ranking Jewish chaplain for the entire armed forces by data rank. Awesome. Um, I, my big claim to fame, I'm the first chaplain in the Massachusetts National Guard since 1636, <laughs> because I never had one before yet. <laughs> so I'm a Jewish chaplain, but I'm a chaplain for all, no matter what their faith group is or right. not of faith. That's the uniqueness of a chaplain. We're there for all people of all faiths or not of faith. Uh, we, I only perform Jewish services, but I'm there to provide for Catholic, Muslim, a Protestant, Hindu, uh, those seeking religious accommodation. And I think that's the beautiful role, the very special role that chaplains perform within a unit. And I want to touch on something. I think what you, when you mentioned that, that human multiplier, uh, you know, I, my chaplain, he, he comes to me and in fact did it yesterday, closed the door and said, sir, you, how are you doing? I think that is so powerful, particularly when it's done uh, in a sense where the commander allows the rest of his staff to know, hey, you know, this, this is a people business. We're about mm -hmm. humans. We're not infallible. We all need somebody to check on us, right? And, and I don't need you to power through. I don't need my, my S3 to power through without any assistance. And it's okay to take, uh, even if it's momentarily, to take a knee and, and kind of do that mm -hmm. mental health check. But I got to ask you, now, yeah, so I've, I've been around for a while, like you, I've been around for a few days. Uh, so I, I know the answer to this, but I, 
who checks on the checker? So uh, how does the chaplain, uh, so as, a, as when I was a battalion commander, I used to ask all the time, hey, chaplain, who's checking on you? Because we're all dumping our baggage on you. But, but talk a little bit about that. Who's checking on the chaplain? So where is our self-care? <laughs> That's right. So uh, actually one of the things, there's a, there's a number of, um, actually where I'm working at National Guard Bureau, a number of the directors will say, hey, chaplain, how are you doing? And um, it, is, it is really great. And there are times when I've struggled, okay, how do I handle this situation where this came up, that I felt comfortable enough going to a senior leader and saying, how, uh, help me here. So I think that's an important part, is being humble enough. And I try to be my best, my, my spouse keeps, my wife keeps me in check. But the reality is to be able to be able to open yourself up. Um, I'm gonna say also for a good chaplain, knows that he or she needs to count on their religious affairs specialist. So for me, my Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Quartz, and I said this one, you know, I, I'm gonna bounce stuff off of you. And I need you to tell me if I'm going off the rails right. here or I'm missing something. That's a check-in, which is key. Um, so chaplains have that. The third part is hopefully you find someone that you can talk to. It is hard. I'm going to say that. Uh, actually, a, a side note, when um, I got back from deployment and I was dealing with stuff and I was back into the congregational world, and a lot of people just sort of didn't understand the full extent and stuff I was trying yeah. to I actually organized a, uh, a chaplain support group for chaplains, leaderless, just so that we could be able to share within our own, so we could rely on text or scripture to be able to do it. So the key is you can't do it alone. And even chaplains, who, are, who we are there for the human factor for our, for our service members, we have to remember that we are also human. And it's that part. The last bit, prayer. For me, prayer, talking to the divine, yeah. and having a heart that can hear. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, so, again, I, I, I'm fascinated. And I, I, I always say this is a people business, right? At the end of the day, mm -hmm. you can have all the tanks, you can have all the bombs, you can have all the guns, you can have all that. But if you don't have the right people doing the right things at the right time. One of the things that I have found, and this is for maybe our more junior leaders, Mm -hmm. You cannot wait until the point of need to develop that connection and that relationship mm -hmm. and understand how important uh, of a role that the chaplain, along with the other uh, assets and resources that are available, you, you got to build that early. So when that, that point of need occurs, you have a relationship and they've got kind of that baseline understanding of who you are. So what advice or insights might you offer to our say that new sergeant or that new lieutenant or even maybe a brand new company commander and a, and a first sergeant who's just come on board, uh, how can they develop those resources and a better understanding? Or what would you recommend, invite them to a, a ruck march or an event or what, what kind of team building, bringing that battalion chaplain in, what would you offer? I think a lot of the stuff you just said there, but it, the key is to say, hey, they're not just my chaplain, they're gonna be there. I have a problem soldier, I'm gonna send them to you. Yeah, because that's usually what happens. That's absolutely what happens. <laughs> and and what part we were there for, but to say, hey, we're doing this treatment, we'd love for you to join. Um, um, hopefully the chaplain's also gonna say, hey, is this something I, I can go to? And, and that first lieutenant, that staff sergeant, the first sergeant, with their incoming 
you know, uh, 56 Mike, this religious affairs specialist, say, hey, I want you to be a part of this, not because I'm ordering you to do or you got to be here, but I want you to see what you need to do. So I, in a way, they'll get to know whether that trust factor is yeah. there. But I do think it's not to make, uh, uh, to see them in a, a much greater light than just as the religious component or it's nice. A lot of, a great perception. I'm going to put this situation on some of the challenges out there. A lot of people think a chaplain is a chaplain. We're all there for spiritual needs. We, there is so much more that we can do that, that can make a difference. Um, I'll say one thing also for, for chaplains that need to do, and, and this is one of the things from our office that we're emphasizing. Um, you know, getting retraining into the war fight, making, realizing this is our part of our army mission into helping what we do as chaplains within the greater operational level. Recruitment is a huge issue. We need more chaplains. I'll make a big plug. If you know if you have a chaplain that's really great out there, talk to them about joining, becoming a, a National Guard chaplain. We need you. The other part is caring for your administrative soul. Now notice my term, the administrative soul. I actually believe that most of the time chaplains, we are the worst at our administrative self. <laughs> Why? we're taking care of everyone else, which means we forget about ourselves. Um, so I jokingly will say to folks, you could be the greatest chaplain, the most caring chaplain in the entire world. Your commander loves you. The minute something's wrong, you get this, the spider sense comes up, and you're right there. You could do all that. But if you don't have your PME done, you're not getting promoted. Right. I don't care how good you are. And that's the part that gets lost on a lot of chaplains. So if I so one of the advices I would say in that regard is make sure, you know, and it's all at levels, but you have to, you are the owner of your own career. No, make sure you're getting school done. I, I've scrambled to finish my ILE at the last minute, but that was on me. So I think that's one of the own. Where I would say for new leaders like lieutenants, um, the first sergeant who's starting off to make sure, especially with the religious affairs specialists, that they're being able to help them along with the chaplain to get their PME done yeah. and, and the various trainings they need. But for a first lieutenant, a captain to say, hey, chaplain, how are you on your, are you getting through career course okay? Are you ready for ILE? Can I help you? That's actually something that could help because they're not always going to get that high up. So that's a great way that yeah. we can... Because really there's not a lot of layers, so it's it's kind of the battalion chaplain, right. the brigade chaplain, right? And and you know, as a battalion commander, you're so focused on other things, or as right. brigade commander, I'm focused on a lot of things. Right. But again, checking on the checker, I think it extends that relationship, mm -hmm. it, it deepens that relationship. So very very important. Uh, that's that's fascinating because I don't. I think that's something uh, that you touched on that, that we don't typically think of. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if we want to retain the best, then we've got to do right Absolutely. by them and make sure they get the training that they need. Because mm -hmm. uh, And I think there's probably more than that. So beyond just the PME, there's probably seminars and educational opportunities mm -hmm. to deepen their experience. And right. as a commander, uh, as a chaplain and an advisor to the commander, that's probably one of those things you're, you're suggesting. Right. Absolutely. Uh, to have... I would say for the chaplain to realize what's out there that they should take advantage of, and hopefully the commander is going to say, "Yeah, chaplain, I think that's a great idea. I will commit. I will take the you know take the TDY to go out there, be responsible, be able to do it." 
again, I think it's across the board, but I'll say for chaplains, um, you know, getting all that administrative stuff, knowing how to do it. But here's the other part, and it's it's sort of an interesting part that I've known. Because um, most of my time has all been as your traditional guardsman chaplain. To be able to, um, when you don't know something, great way to build a relationship. Hey, Sergeant, I'm really struggling here. How to do it? Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. That And that's the incredible relationship. Um, that goes way beyond the, hey, how are you doing? A genuine interest right. in, hey, what are you doing? Right. Explain that to me. What's your story? And I love that. I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. Um, one of the other things you were actually saying, and I think this is actually, this has been a, ch a challenge for chaplains. This might be a place where a, um, a commander a, um, at, at any rank could help out. For our traditional guardsmen chaplains, who are, let's say, have a, a church, a synagogue, and stuff, is there's always, I would say, the battle between their congregational life, yes. their military life, and family life. Obviously, what comes first is your family. Congregations can be very needy of time. Some are fantastic on, on allowing it. Others, it's a strain. And I've struggled this at times, being able to do this. Many times that if a commander comes in and says, I just want to thank you, for, and this has happened to me, I want to thank you, the congregation, for allowing your, your rabbi, your priest, your minister to come and serve our nation in these times of need. I know it's, you know, yeah. you love them, we love them, but we want to thank you. Sometimes those reminders help it. The other part, and I would That's say fantastic. this for, <laughs> for chaplains and, and going out there in communities and what they learn here is, if they come to Peck, they're here for a training or whatever, they pick up some great stuff. To not just sort of keep that in their military world and say, hey, I just came from this military training. We talked about this issue. I want to relate this to how this is going to affect my church, my synagogue, you know, my mosque, you know, my civilian work. By doing that, I also think it allows them to connect. Um, one of uh, my colleagues who uh, just came into the Guard about two years ago, uh, was mobilized to a state for the COVID-19 response back east, then capital response through the inaugural, all that. Um, he told the story that when he was presenting to his congregation that he was going to be uh, joining the Guard and everything, and of course one, congreg one congregant raised her hand and said, well, what happens if he gets deployed? And the president of the congregation said, well, I guess that's how we serve our nation too. Yeah, that's awesome. By having that, by bringing it all together, helps strengthen us all. And ultimately, it strengthens our nation. Yeah, you know, that's fantastic. And I think that is a great idea. And it, it doesn't, it, you know, having that commander or having that senior leader from the unit go and, and say thank you, we don't do that enough, right? It, it, again, so we typically think of employers as the the, the, the education right. uh, system or the police department. and. Right. But to go to the congregation, which is the employer of our chaplains, mm -hmm. uh, that's a fantastic idea. I, I, I am uh, I'm disappointed, quite frankly, that I didn't think about that a few years ago. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> but but that brings me to a, another question then, because a lot of our soldiers are police officers, right? And or they're teachers, or they work uh, at the supermarket, wherever they work. 
But there's a difference between their duties that they do Monday through Friday right. and then what they're doing on a weekend. Uh, maybe they're an infantry company commander. Right. Your, your, your side is a little bit different. Right. right? Most, of, most of our, our prime time is weekends. Yes. And, and so that's, that's interesting to me because I don't know. Uh, so there's got to be a challenge with the balance, right? So, so when that balance between people don't stop having issues. So if you're at drill, the congregation still, mm-hmm. you know, challenge, you know, someone's fallen ill. Uh, we have soldiers who you may, as the chaplain, you may be their sole source of, of that, uh, that intervention or that connection. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so what insights or what, what are some of those challenges with balancing my, my duties as leading a congregation in the civilian world and the congregation, the flock that I have at the battalion. So number one, it's about relationship and communication um, and being as upfront as possible with both. So usually when, when, uh, when someone wants to become a chaplain, we're talking about how do you deal with your congregation, your work. Uh, I usually say first and foremost, so I'll put myself actually, um, I'm an observant um, Jewish uh, Jewish person, rabbi. So I do. So I never drilled on Saturday. Now, if God forbid there is a real major emergency or something like else, those are different circumstances. But I never drilled on a ho- major Jewish holiday, and I didn't drill. I wouldn't drill on a Saturday. The relationship part on that was with my commander, saying, "Hey, here's what it's going to look like. Something happens, obviously, call emergency." But it's my responsibility that to make up the rest of the drill weekend in another capacity. The neat part is most guard units, there's full-time staff working all the time during Monday through That's Friday. Right. Uh, not all units within a battalion or a brigade are drilling on the same first weekend of the month or second. Sure. They're scattered throughout. Great opportunity for the chaplain to visit another unit to make up their drill. The other part for the congregation is where I say, listen, Someone dies, God forbid, there's my first priority. Hopefully, please schedule stuff well in advance if it's a drill weekend so we can work stuff out. And I was able to do the balance, but it was the communication, hey, I'm here, but this is a holiday, or, or I have this wedding. Funerals in the Jewish tradition, we would, we would um, take place as soon as possible. So I couldn't predict, oh, person died on a Monday, next Sunday, next Tuesday will be the funeral. It's usually if a person died on a Friday, Sunday's the burial, oh, it's drill weekend. Now, have I done the funeral in the morning and in the afternoon? You know, I stepped into that phone booth and out comes Chaplain Baser. Yes. Uh, Have I gone to drill during the day and then Sunday evening there's a program and I'm there in uniform? Yes. Um, You have to know your congregation. So I do think it's the communication piece that is able to work it out. In my personal experience of all my years in, I'm in over 32 years, uh, fully as a chaplain operating since 1999 um, within the guard levels, uh, reserve component, sure. uh, reserves before that and stuff. I've never had a problem with the commander because I've been up front with the commander. You know, some might have questioned, hey, what does this mean? I do think it's up to the chaplain to then prove themselves. And I use that word purposely. They have to show, yeah, I get this ability, but I also have to hold my own weight. Right. Sure. Um, and that's actually when the, I believe when from the, from the, the sergeant to the 
the the S2 to the supply you know the supply uh, commander all the way up to the battalion or brigade they see that chaplain's doing that then they know they re they have more than just a trusted team member on there someone who's going to be there caring for the human soul again you know it's amazing so whether you're talking about marriages uh, work relationships relationships uh, you know with the chaplain and with the congregation uh, communication and trust Mm -hmm. It doesn't change whatever whatever right. walk you're walking in life. Right. Amazing how powerful that is. Now let me let me ask you uh, as we prepare to close up, if you could go back in time, we you know to play the <laughs> magical game, if you will. Right. If you could go back and talk to yourself as you are just starting this journey, what advice or wisdom would you relay back to yourself that you wish maybe someone had told you? And conversely, what would you offer to that to your first uh, commander, you know, hey, this is, this is something you may want to know or think right. about? It's a great question. So I'm gonna answer it two ways. So if I could change stuff, I think it's sometimes, why did I do that? Why did I think that? I'll get to that in a minute. But um, really being proactive on your PME on the early base. Yeah, I'm a procrastinator <laughs> at times. So a couple of times I pushed it close to the edge, but so I wish I was, I think being on top on a personal level, so that's the administrative soul piece, really staying on top of PME. Um, sometimes I wish I was able to take that extra course along the way. Um, but now I'm actually gonna take sort of the reality, but I think, I believe the mistakes that I made that I did, that I went through the way, has made me who I am today. Yeah. And so I don't know if I would do that. I mean, I think um, for me, everything's a free will choice um, because I ended up doing X, Y was able to happen or That's this right. opportunity. And some I'd missed and doors were closed, but other ones were open. And so ultimately I say, I don't know. I, I wish I would be sometimes a little smarter and think a little bit more that, but I'm, I'm here today because who, you know, right. what I've experienced and made the mistakes and. Uh, the product of your experience. Right. That's what has made you right. into. And, and maybe I'll offer the last bit. It's always be able to, if you do, so, if it's a chapel, whenever you, you mess up, own it, ask for forgiveness, explain it, yeah. and being open. I, I believe that. I believe that can make a difference in, in being able to go forward. Um, you know, I, I've been 32 years. Um, my military career, my, and especially my time as a guard, when I look at my experiences, has made me a better rabbi. And although I'm out of the congregational world now, um, I get to bring what I, my rabbi side to things. It may be not overt or stuff like that, but be able to have that. And I'm a, I'm a better human being. I'm a better rabbi because that's awesome. I've been in the military. I'm very proud to serve. No, that's that's great. I tell you, as uh, so as we prepare to wrap up, uh, do you have any last thoughts or insights that you'd like to share with anyone? I I believe that it is. Um, first of all, help recruit more into the chaplain corps. Put that we right can never we forget that. We need a chaplain. So think about like if you have a clergy, someone who's really there, who fits the right criteria, criteria and everything, to consider it. Have the conversation. Um, 
Actually, I'm going to leave with something that I had a chance today to leave with some of uh, your students who are in the recruiting part. And it's actually something that I've been teaching. I call it life. So here's the quick thing I want to throw out to the group. So I think uh, of something called, uh, came up with something called life, taking the letters of the word life and, um, and breaking out. So L is for learning, to learn. To be a soldier means you have to learn along the way how to be a soldier, but how to make it each level to do that. And to constantly being that lifelong learner. I is inspire. And so for the people hearing this, take a moment and think, who inspired you to be the soldier that you are today? Who is that person who's doing it, who's helping you now? And ask yourself, who are you inspiring? F, forgiveness, to forgive. You have to be able to forgive yourself and forgive others. Not easy. Key component, forgiving yourself sometimes is harder it's than really forgiving hard. others. I'm going to say for senior leaders, it's sometimes really hard, but you have to be able to do it. Hey, that's what also chaplains are there to help you with the forgiveness <laughs> part. And the last one for E, uh, it would be easy to say excellence, excel, all these great things that are very, what it means to be the Army, I'm going to say E stands for enough. To realize what you have now in front of you is enough. Wow. It's good to hope for the future, to look at things, but not to get caught up chasing after things. But to say what I have now, my family, my loved ones, my battle buddies, what I'm doing is enough. And that's something to be thankful for. So wow. that's what life is about, and that's what it, I believe it means to be a guardsman. That's that's awesome. I, I will tell you personally, those last two I think are the are, are very hard. Forgiving yourself because you think about the consequences of your action, uh, you know the, the impact that you have on so many people. And I definitely, anyone who knows me knows I struggle with uh, enough, and not necessarily enough for myself, but always looking to try to to just do more. There's always more time, but but. Chaplain, I really appreciate you sharing oh, that. You. That that is powerful, and uh, really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Really, over the last couple of days, but for viewers, uh, the last uh, thirty minutes or so. But uh, thank you very much. Please continue to do what you're doing for our thank soldiers. You. It's powerful. It's important, and I will tell you, it makes a a huge difference. We often say to to you, and to all leaders out there, you may not realize it in that moment but somebody is watching and somebody is inspired. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody is changing their lives, changing the choices that they're making because they're watching you and they're hearing what you say, even if they don't come up and say thank you or I heard what you were saying. So thank you very much, uh, appreciate it, and uh, Godspeed, Chaplain. Thank you so much, and the same to you. It's really been an honor. Thank you. Blessings. Mm -hmm.